Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Well, I am Timothy Harvey, and this is Zompocalypse Now, and I am joined by Mr. Curtis Smith. Hello. And the person you can barely hear because he lies about where his microphone is, is Dustin. I think his diaphragm is wet. I'm right here. Uh-huh. I put it in my mouth. Is that what you want? Literally couldn't hear it. <laughs> it was weird. It was there's got to be a sweet spot one would think well i don't know what to tell you i don't i don't know how there, to make it right any there better. that's it right there say exactly like that like this it's pretty good it's pretty good this microphone cost me six dollars six dollars six dollars and it's clearly worth oh my god every penny <laughs> but no more than all of those pennies. Every single penny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, as previously discussed, both Timothy and I have seen the final episode of this season's Walking Dead, which was Negan-centric, and Dustin, whose face is very wrinkled right now, could not bring himself to do it for some reason. So uh- we're going... <laughs> We're going to try to relay what happens in a way that'll make him want to go back and look at it. So uh, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I'm so disappointed with the amount of filler these last six episodes have been. And I am not a huge, like, slavering Negan fan in the first place. And I don't really care if he is having a flashback or if he's, you know, doing that. Uh, I'm imagining my dead wife thing or whatever. I just really honestly didn't care. I knew it wasn't going to move the story along. I didn't want to waste an hour of my time. That's how I felt about it. And I know that that's kind of the job of our hobby, but you know. The job of our hobby. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Well, uh, allow Timothy and I to either attempt to change your mind or reinforce your previously held views. Yeah, okay, do it. Let's go. Well, the first thing you have to understand is that if you're not a fan of Negan as a character, this is not your episode because it is almost 100% all Negan all the time. I think that depends on why you hated Negan, though. Because for me, Negan was far too evil to be watchable. And that's kind of why I dropped off the Walking Dead train there because that guy was such an asshole, I couldn't handle it. It messed with my anxiety or something. But this episode the- humanized him to a degree where I f- was fairly entertained by it. There's something, there's a bit of a reinforcement of something that we've talked about on the show in the past is, is that the Negan that the public sees is a bit of an act. It's some of it's him, but some of he, but he's playing up. Bravidociousness. Yeah. The grandiosity. And this, this episode acknowledges that. 
It's basically he, uh, the basic premise is, is that Carol comes along and says, Hey, let's go for a walk. Which of course, you know, going to, uh, into the woods with Carol is always a good plan. Yeah. Which I thought was going to be the whole episode was him and Carol chit chatting. Yeah, and and that could have worked, but instead she takes him to a cabin and she goes, oh, look at this lovely cabin. And he, they walk inside and there's all Negan's stuff. <laughs> and he's like, I see you helped. I see you helped me move in. <laughs> and then Carol says, are you shitting your pants yet? <laughs> no, she doesn't say that. But how cool would it be? That would have, I, if, you, if that were true, I would have been like, okay. Okay, yeah, we can deal with that. Uh, (laughs) Because for me, uh, Negan is best served by people who do not put up with his bullshit. He worked the best with Carl because of that. He's worked the best with Judith because of that. And I think that him and and Carol could have that very similar kind of relationship. But when he's, like you said, when he was being just too evil to live, that really irritated me and the fact that you know that everybody was like so drawn oh he's so like I was like no like we're not supposed you're not supposed to fall in love with the villain yeah but we live in a world where people think Rorschach is the hero of Watchmen or the Punisher is a good guy this is people anti-hero the anti-hero yeah I mean, it's, yeah. it's a, but even then, in some cases, these aren't anti-heroes. They're the protagonist of their own story, and that's the best you can say about them. But I think, uh, I think when Negan was introduced, uh, probably even as far as the first, first time they put pen to paper about him, they were going to introduce a, a redemption narrative. Well, and, there's well, a bit of that in the comic, right? Um, but even then... Where where the show and the comic have diverged when it comes to Negan, because if you've read the comic, you've read the story that we watch in this episode, because it, it's in the comic. Um, but Negan's arc, spoiler alert for the comic that's no longer being published, Negan goes off into the woods in his own little cabin, and he stays away from Alexandria, and he just disappears from the story. In the final issue, it said that he's still alive and that Carl brings him food, but that's it. You don't ever see him again after he leaves, like, 10 issues before the story ends. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the television show, Coral is dead. He is. So there's that little difference. So Carol tells him, the council voted, and we've decided that, you know, eventually Maggie was going to kill you. So instead of that happening, we've decided to banish you. And he's like, did the council really vote, Carol? Mm-hmm. Or is it just you deciding that this is what needs to happen? And she just smiles big. And Carol <laughs> is mama to the community, and she knows what's best. She is, and she does. Um, so, well, that leaves Negan pretty much alone to reflect on his life. And that's what he does in a series of flashbacks that compound on each other, much like uh, that fucking movie about the dreaming. What's yeah. that? What's that one? Inception. Inception. Yeah, it goes Inception on the flashbacks. Yeah, so if you're not a fan of the flashback that turns into a flashback that turns into a flashback, this, is, this episode leans very hard into the, 
12 years ago, six months before that, seven months before that, yep. 12 months before that. It's like, okay, it's that got a little annoying. But there's a whole thing is that the, the framing here is Negan is sitting, it starts off with Negan sitting at the fire, just sort of staring into it, drinking. And then Negan from his ruling the Savior's Day is sitting in the seat behind him, basically mocking him. Yeah, talking shit. You know, you 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 aren't anything without me. You don't matter anymore. Right. You, and Negan me, looks at him nothing. and goes, You're a clown. <laughs> which and then we find out why how he becomes a clown through this series of flashbacks and and uh basically negan's taking care of his sick wife after all hell breaks loose she's got the cancer yes i I have heard so uh he's figured out how to uh keep her chemotherapy going but one day he fox up and the the uh, generator goes out and her chemotherapy juice gets too hot in the fridge so he's got to go get more chemotherapy juice and it just so happens that he knows about this traveling band of medical professionals who may have information or technology or medicine that he can use to help his wife finish her cycle of chemotherapy she just has three cycles left that's all he needs so he goes and he tries to rob these people. He just up and sneaks out of the woods and he's like, put him up. And he's terrible at it because he's not Negan yet. He's just, well, I'm Negan. You know, <laughs> he's a very meek fellow, really. Mm-hmm. He drives him, he rides him Harley. He gets in bar fights, which we'll get into later. But this but, is also uh, not to show that he's a good person because yeah. one of the things this, this reinforces is that he's a mess. He's got temper issues. He cheats on his wife. He's not a good person. He plays video games with teenagers. Yeah. This is not what Batman's dad's supposed to do. But no matter the fact that he is a crappy husband, because he's a really crappy husband, he does actually love his wife, which is both good and bad. Because... With all of this going on, because he loves his wife, he's legitimately trying to keep her alive. He's trying to help her get better. Right. The downside is, is like Curtis says, he's crap at this. <laughs> he's a he's a big greener than- guy who's basically skated through life. He's a high school gym teacher. He doesn't have any ambition. Certainly doesn't doesn't understand or embrace violence at this time. Unfortunately, he meets people who are already good at it. Yes. So he is, uh, he, he, the, the medical people are cool about him trying to, he, uh, they just, he's like the, the doctor's like, Hey, whoa, wait, whoa, wait a minute. And then his little partner comes up and hits him in the head with a baseball bat. And then he wakes up handcuffed to a handcuffed to a chair being treated medically by these people. And he can't work it out how they're being nice to him after. And then they give him everything he wants. And then on the way home, he gets, I guess he gets ambushed by a biker gang and then 
tied to a chair and they're trying to figure out where he got this very specific and hard to find medicine because there must be more. And everybody knows that uh, hardcore biker gangs that like to murder and rape for fun, they all need medical equipment. Medical grade chemotherapy drugs. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh yeah. They all, they just want to be in control of it because they think it's power. Right. So they're trying to get information as to where it is. Well, Finally, Negan, because he's a cowardly piece of nerd flesh, he, he he's just he starts talking about it. Now he does hold off for a little while. In fact, he gives he tells them to the wrong place, and they go out to where he said, and they come back and goes, yeah. So there was nobody there, and he goes, well, they must move on. There was never anybody there. <laughs> we yeah, couldn't even get the tr- we couldn't even get the truck down in there, and so and and he's been begging them to let him go so that he can get back to his wife. And they're like, yeah, that'd be great, man. We'll be happy to let you go. Be a shame if your wife dies because, you know, you, you know, we're helping people who don't even care about you, who you don't even care about. So finally he gives in. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy, you know, he says, he puts a gun to his head and says, look, you can die right here and let your wife think that you abandoned her and uh so that's kind of what tipped him over and he says give me my map and he marks a location on my map on his map and then there's more flashbacking i think goes back some more in time to when he's with his wife and we see there i don't remember too much about that because it was that i don't know it was just yeah, we're establishing relationship. Get on with it. I was kind of trying to think forward through the scene and didn't yeah. really absorb it. So what's interesting about the character, first of all, the actress playing Negan's wife is Jeffrey Dean Morgan's actual wife. Um, Ooh, so, so, they got, up. so they've got chemistry here, right? And and she she's an accomplished actor, actress in her own right. And it's an example of a woman who sees their relationship's got some issues. She sees him for what he could be and forgives him for a lot of his flaws. She doesn't let him walk all over her, but at the same time, it's a fairly, it's not the most healthy relationship. It's very one-sided. He's the star. No, it's more, it's more, he knows the way, so the way I read it was, he knows he doesn't deserve her, but because she thinks that he's he really does matter and that he there's something really something to him, he takes advantage of that. So he cheats on her, and he's you know he gets he gets fired from his job because he got angry at a guy who was rude to her and beat him up, and this blows up. And I mean, it's just it's all part of what makes him I'm not going to say he snaps in the end because he doesn't he just takes off the guardrails so you get this sense of who they are and there's a neat bit actually where she gets told she's got cancer and it's just her and she acts the hell out of this scene I mean, it's a, it's a great little moment where she just sits there and she, how much this is just, you know, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? 
And in the background, you hear this radio going, and apparently they were eating the flesh of other humans. <laughs> and she just ignores it. That's, that's, it's just background noise. She doesn't care because her entire life is just shrunk, shrunk down to this moment where you've got cancer and you're probably going to die. Husband is a dick. I know, husband is a dick. And it's, it establishes the good and the bad of their relationship. And you also get a sense of how hard he's trying since the world fell apart to just keep her alive. You are really, really rooting for him at this point. I mean, like super like, God, I hope you can get that shit together. You know, he's a screw up, but he's not a, he's not a malicious screw up. He's just, he's inconsiderate in a way that is, that comes back to haunt him. So it gives a depth to Negan that the show has hinted at before, that's talked about before, because even he's told this story. We're not seeing anything Negan hasn't talked about already. Mm. He's told this story to Rick. This is what happened. This is how I became me. My wife got cancer. The world fell apart. My wife died. Didn't care anymore. I started the saviors. He basically has told Rick this story a million years ago. But here you see it. And you get to watch older Negan, because we've had the we've had the time jump, look at this and go, right, clown. I was a clown. But he uh he gives away the location of the where the doctors are. The bikers go and get them. Everybody gets a puppy. No, no puppies. <laughs> what? And they let Negan go. They give him the medicine and let him go. They got what they wanted. Yeah, and so they... he 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 rides away on his bike listening to the woman being assaulted in the in the camper so here's here's our guy on my farm he says and off he goes yep i mean it's like this is this is when we go okay all the sympathy they try and build up with you for negan and show you that you know his wife's cool and all these things and then you see him just go his moral ambiguity is in play at this Mm, point yeah unfortunately while he's been away. This was so hardcore. This was just beyond what I expected. He gets home and he finds a note on written on the door. Don't let what don't leave me like this. Yeah. Don't let yeah. me don't, don't don't let me be like this. And he opens the door and she has put a plastic bag over her head and committed suicide. Taking a bunch of pills. The whole nine. Very successful and, at it. Because she's Got one hand tied to the headboard, and she's doing that noise. <laughs> zombie. I can't do the zombie noise. <laughs> anyway, she's making that noise at him. And he's just like, well, fuck, I'm broken now. I'm completely broken now. I'm so broken. That part's broken. (laughs) And he's talked about how you are so beautiful. Joe Cocker song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's their song. So as Negan is pondering what he's going to do with his dead wife, uh, that song starts playing. And this is one of those things where I think it, it either works for you or it doesn't. I already can tell it does not work for me. 
I'll come back to you are so beautiful to me in a minute, but he eventually decides he can't just kill her. So he burns the house down with her inside. I mean, he doesn't, he can't, he, he's got the bat because the girl, the, the girl medic gave him the bat because he's so crap at defending himself. He had an unloaded gun. And so he takes the bat and he goes out and he wraps the bat in barbed wire and he goes back to where the bikers are and he basically just starts mowing his way through them. Yep. Yep. It was nice to see Lucille get born. Yeah. It's um so the, the it? Well, yeah, it so was. you've got the you've got the girl who is probably being raped over here in in the camper, and you've got the the doctor, the other doctor who is inside in the same chair that Negan was tied up to, and he's getting beat up by the bikers. And they're like, I, we know you got know where the, more of this stuff is. And you better get, give it to us, man. We're going to bring the girl in here. And these are just, I mean, these are just despicable, stock walking dead, horrible human being villains, right? It reminded me of the, the motorcycle gang in Every Which Way But Loose. <laughs> the, sky, the Black Widows or something like that. They reminded me of the Black Widows. Hey. Wee, 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 wee. Remember that? That was good stuff. They're kind of stock villains, yeah. They're sitting there doing the whole threatening thing, and then there's a gunshot outside. And the doctor and the, the head bad guy are inside, and they're just listening to Negan kill everybody outside the building. That was a very cool scene. Very. And then there's a... on the door. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy shoots at it, and... As he is going, you know, Negan stepping through the door and the guy's drawing a bead on him, the doctor gets loose and brains him with the chair. Now, um, did the doctor, was the doctor the doctor from the Saviors? No. Did you happen no. to notice that? No, actually the, actually, the female doctor becomes that for the Saviors. The male doctor I didn't recognize. And if he's been in the show before, I don't remember him being there. But the female doctor turns ends up being one of Negan's uh, lieutenants, I think. But Negan ties the guy to the chair. And he's like, you know, earlier you were complaining about I wouldn't shut up. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. It was one of the most cold-blooded monologues about you're about to die that I've enjoyed in a while. And for Negan monologues, all the we that was kind of Negan's thing. Well, yeah, but this is where Negan becomes the Negan. Yeah, you know, this, this is, is that where moment. it's born. And he basically talks, he tells the story of You Are So Beautiful to Me and how much he loves this song. And it was his and his wife's song. And he basically explains the whole root of, of so much of this is him fucking up on that night where the guy was loud in a bar and his wife couldn't hear the song. And so Negan got into a fight and he lost his job and his wife had to pay the guy's medical bills and every, I mean, just all the, all the things that made shows Negan, what a selfish asshole he is. <laughs> and he's like, but here's the thing. I don't have to have rules anymore or I gets to make my own. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no law. There's no consequence. So now he just gets to be him. He the kills clown. the guy. You know, 
like you do. But yeah. just no, brains him. Just brains him. Yeah. And then he, uh, we, we're back in the present, and Negan has gone out and he has dug up Lucille. He buried her. Her. He buried the bat underneath. <laughs> he, he buried the bat underneath the the tree with the with the glass panes, the window stained pane. glass window there. Yeah, he yeah, buried yeah, it. Yeah. The nice thing is, is that he doesn't find it right away. <laughs> He has to keep digging into these. He's tore up the whole <laughs> 20 square feet of, of ground. And he digs it up and then he gets attacked by a walker and he brains the walker and the bat breaks. Mm. And uh, he takes the, the bat back to the little cabin and he's talking to it like it's his wife. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I was cra- I was a terrible husband. I'm sorry I let you down. I'm sorry I wasn't there. I hope you I hope you hooked up in heaven. I hope you're you know, <laughs> hope yeah. you found someone in the afterlife and you're fucking him silly. No, no, I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. But fair is fair. And then he burns the bat. And then he goes back to Alexandria. Yeah. Just strolls in. Carol's like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're not the boss of me, Carol. That's basically like, what he said. That ain't gonna work for me. I'm gonna live here instead. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, that's fine. I just didn't want your death on my conscience because Maggie is gonna kill you. Yeah. And he's like, we'll see. <laughs> and Maggie is just staring daggers at him. Yeah, Maggie's already imagining his corpse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the end. Well, um, I I will say this. I don't think I missed much or anything that I feel like I'm going to need to look uh, look for again in the future. That's why I, I always recommend up. people watch the show before they listen to us, because after you listen to us, you're like, it really didn't sound that great. Or, <laughs> or now that I've heard it, I don't need to watch it because I know what happened. Yeah. Right. It's... It's a good example of giving... So these extra episodes, because of the nature of how they were shot with their limited cast, the you know the isolated storytelling, and the fact that, like you said, Dustin, they're, in large part, they're kind of filler. Kind of. Yeah. Come on. Kind of lotta. Uh, but it's, it's a good Negan episode. It's the origin. We didn't need a Negan origin story. We already have one. We already, he already told us what it was, but it's nice to give, it gives Jeffrey Dean Morgan and his wife a chance to play a married couple and, and have a lot of great chemistry. Uh, Hillary Burton Morgan is the name of the lady who played uh, Negan's wife. And that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan's wife. And they're great together. I thought they, they had great chemistry. And she's no pushover. She's not a she's not just some, you know, walk walk on character. She's an interesting character and it's worth spending time with her. Completely, uh, completely worth that. But uh, my recommendation, Dustin, is you're fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to see these two do some really good acting, then then it's worth watching. And if you there, there really is that I mean, j- if you can crack it open and watch the last 10 minutes. I think that's uh that's the most compelling bit of episode there is mm-hmm. in the whole All right. 
Maybe wow. watch the first five in the last 10. The middle you can skip. We just told you all about it. But the real watchable moments are right at the end there. Well, I think that now we can move on to Fear the Walking Dead. Season what? Season Season seven? 49. And and discuss. I can tell Tim's look. Tim's looking it up. Hang I'm going to look it up because you know we sh- we should be accurate for the people at home. We don't want them to be lost. There's only an infinite number of Walking Dead episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's only more episodes of The Walking Dead than any other television show. My grocer was like my grocer guy. He's his name's Chad. He's a nice fella. And uh, one day I was trying to figure out what how can I talk to this guy and make his day go better. And I asked him, do you like movies? He goes, I, you know, I'm into Walking Dead. And I was like, great, we can chat. And we do. And then uh, he told me today that, man, I'm kind of looking forward to the, uh, he doesn't talk like this. This is how I do strangers. Nah. <laughs> man, I can't wait till uh, the Walking Dead movies came out. And the first thing that popped into my head was, why do you not, are you not entertained? <laughs> Well, because they've been promising these movies for like four years now. Every, well, you know, I hate it. Like, I hate it when they make a movie out of a TV show. The X Files did not look cinematic. They could have, but it looked like the TV show. Yeah. How are they going to make Walking Dead be? Because it is a different form of storytelling. And whenever they do a TV show into a movie, they maintain the same storytelling style. And just make it 90 minutes. It irritates me. Because if you, if you watch a good movie, and I hope you've seen a good movie, you'll notice it takes its time a little more, you know. It does, does more cinema-y things. And I'm afraid Walking Dead's just going to end up doing aerial shots of Georgia. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not their artistic director and, you know, I'm, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing. I wasn't particularly impressed with the makeup on tonight's episode of no. Walking Dead. There were some definite stinkers. Yep. Some definite stinker walkers. Walker and I stinkers. still, I still look for the, you know, cause they will sneak in as this, this is supposed to look like, uh, you know, Robert Shaw. This, you know, and you and people make YouTube videos pointing out the zombie that looks like Robert Shaw and a million people watch it and they get like 50 bucks or something. I don't know how it works. <laughs> so the uh, official yeah. answer, this is C episode eight of season six. This is the mid season premiere. Now, this was originally intended to be the finale of the first half of the season they bumped this one was supposed to be this was supposed to be where the where the mid-season break happened that makes a lot of sense because the cliffhanger well it wasn't a cliffhanger it was a definitely room for a new paragraph after this uh the ending of this (laughs) you could really see how this was you know this was definitely an episode to end you know to kick the to start the break on not to keep talking about my grocery guy but he said this episode's going to infuriate you. I don't know if I am infuriated. I feel like there were some definite infuriating parts, but I don't feel like 
as a whole, I feel like I maybe enjoyed this episode. As I did a whole, too. I was incredibly entertained when it when it started getting into the meat of things. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> really? Well, Anyways, I, let's tell okay. you why. Yay. So uh, we have opened up our episode with John Dory, and he is in his cabin, which he said he was going to go back to. Uh, and he's watching a movie, and he's playing with some Scrabble tiles, and he's loading his gun, and he's putting it in his mouth. But oops, he can't kill himself because there's a walker coming to the door, and you know you gotta kill yourself. You can't let a walker in right before you're gonna kill yourself. He keeps, yeah, and as he keeps doing, like he keeps getting distracted. Oh, here they come! I can't, I can't kill myself because I gotta protect myself from all these dead people. And uh, so. You know, he's not having the greatest time, John Dory. All he wants to do is die, and he keeps being interrupted by these zombies. Right, I know. And well, He calls them the past. The past. I don't remember if he recall if that's what he called them back when we first met him or not, in this exact cabin doing, not just watching a movie and fishing. So he decides that he just can't, you got to figure out where all these zombies are coming from because they're usually just go across the bridge into town and you can't, you can't kill yourself if there's going to be zombies around. So he gets up and he heads into town. He sees there's a roadblock over the bridge and what's happening is every once in a while a zombie will like they, this is literally exactly how we met him before because you, you know, he, he noticed that more zombies were washing up, and he went to the bridge, and he found that it had been blockaded, and they're falling off. Literally exactly what happened when we first meet him. So he heads into town and discovers that the zombies have all gathered around his little general store that he, that he uh, generals at. So he kills them all, and he goes in, and he's like, hey, I'm not here to cause any trouble. I just want to see who you are. And it's little Dakota. It's little Dakota and Morgan. And Morgan is just... Little, sweet little Dakota. Yeah. In there helping out Morgan. Yes. Because she's a good person. Yeah. I never really thought Dakota was that great a person, honestly. So, you know, she's basically a fetch quest with legs all the last season. She's a what? A fetch quest with legs. She's, a, she's, a, uh, she's an escort mission. You know, get get Dakota. Find it's Dakota. A, it's a video. It's a video game reference. Yeah. Oh, escort mission. Now I understand. Where I is Dakota? She's not there. Nobody wants to fuck Dakota. What? You said escort, and that's where my mind went. Oh, okay. Nobody's anyway. trying to fuck Dakota. What are you talking about? She's not an escort. Uh. It's, you, have, you asked you Matt, have you asked Matt Gates? Uh-huh. <laughs> <Topical. laughs> I had to think about who he was, but now I know. So anyway, just about the time that, that John Dory is like, are you are you guys care to stay here? Uh, you guys got to move out. And Morgan's like, we can't move out. We came to get you. And Dakota's like, I got an accent too. One of the rangers comes in and they all have to hide. And Morgan and Dakota are like, to John Dory, kill him, kill him, kill him. But John Dory doesn't want to kill anybody anymore. He's broken. He's 
lost everything he believes in. June left him. He didn't wasn't able to save the girl in the town. The he wasn't able to figure out who murdered that one dude. He is at the lowest level that he has been at since we met him. He doesn't want to kill anybody anymore. Uh, so the guy leaves, and then they wax philosophical about murder for a minute. And Did they wax, though? It was more like, hey, why didn't you kill that guy? He was like, I didn't need to kill that guy. Well, but then later they talk about, like, you know, they go back to John Dory's cabin, and they're talking about how, like, we need you to fight Polly Prissy Pants. Virginia. Uh, Virginia, thank you. Because she's... One-handed she's Prissy Pants. Yes. <laughs> she's evil. She's, she's a horse girl, and she must be stopped. <laughs> because... Because I still, at this point, like, we're going to need, like, I feel like this whole vegan flashback hoopla was superfluous. I legitimately need a Virginia flashback to find out how she became the king of all these people. We'll get one. Because there is no way. Like, she's just like a bossy pants who really liked, you know, Teddy Roosevelt. And it's very, I just don't understand. So, Morgan convinces John Dory to at least take them to the bridge and to think about coming with them. So, they decide they're going to fix up. Uh, oh, the first thing, they're loading up his truck, the one that he stole when he finally left. And the guy that he didn't kill at the general store comes running up and he lassoes Morgan and drags him off down the thing. And finally, Morgan has to kill him. And this really messes Morgan up because he's like... No, no. Try that again. Morgan doesn't kill him. Oh. John Dory. John Dory kills him. And that really messes John Dory up because he feels like he should have killed him in the first place at the general store. And then he wouldn't... They wouldn't have to be going through all of this now. It's he's second-guessing himself. He's, he's, he's got the yips, Tim... He can't make a decision. It's it's too much. It's too much for John Dory. He's too good for this world, Tim. Yeah. So all of this going on, and part of me just wants to reach out and grab him and go, all of these things are happening. You have all these friends. You have this woman who loves you, who you can't be with right now, but she still loves you. Get a grip, man. Well... If he was the type to put a bullet in his brain, he'd have done it a long time ago. Well, but see, but see, that is part of John Dory's backstory is that the reason that he was at his cabin in the first place when everything went to shit is because he had gone out there after accidentally killing a a young person uh, as a police officer, and he had been contemplating suicide. Right. He'd been at this point before... And he, he's just reached, I mean, you know, that's the thing about people who are, you know, have clinical depression. They come, they come back. Oh, These I know. Things can be wonderful. One of my favorite uh, people that I follow on Twitter is a, uh, is a comedian named Shane Smith. And he's really funny and he's like covered in tattoos. And he talks about having clinical depression and how you can be happy and you can have friends and you can you know feel fulfilled and the depression is still there 
And he said, one of the things that, you know, one of the things about having clinical depression is you can be lying in bed next to the love of your life and feel so happy and content that you want to kill yourself about it. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I know. So, I know. I mean, I've, I've got chronic depression. That's why I was yeah. in therapy for four years. I completely understand it. But it's this, it's this hard thing with John because this is someone who, when given the opportunity, when he meets these people, when he becomes part of, when he meets Morgan, and Morgan talks about this in the episode, how he, they basically build this family and John Dory is, is part of it. And it gave John, in some degrees, something to live for, something to strive for, something to be a part of. Right. And, you know, John was really our, our introductory character to this rebooted mm-hmm. Fear of the Walking Dead. He was the first new character that we met and we fo- you know, got to follow and get to know first. And, you know, I have a lot of, uh, of affection for him. And mm-hmm. I, I think I've even said, like, John Dory is too good for this world, <laughs> you know, yeah. more than once. Well, and this is, this is why I want him to get a grip for on himself, because, you know, this is, this is a character who, and, and I know that initially you and I are kind of looking at him and kind of going, wait a minute, this guy is just a little too good. Yeah. Um, but it grows on you, and, and you and that you become attached. You become attached to characters in shows, which is what, which is good. This is this right. is good character building, good writing, and so you're when you watch a character like John Dory just kind of collapse like this, and you're like, I don't want this to be that way. It's you're like, like I said, get a grip on yourself, man. Pull yourself together. We can't, right. you know. But the reality is, is that he's. He's consciously stepping away from the people who can help him. He's doing this to himself. Right. And it's, and it's a thing that people do this stuff. This is, this is people actually do these things to themselves. I mean, I, when I, before I got diagnosed with depression, I managed to pull away from a significant chunk of the people around me. I was perfectly functional out in the world and nobody knew it was how I was feeling, but I had gradually pulled away from anybody who was close to me. Mm-hmm. So it's a very human thing to do. Uh, but it's just, it, it's frustrating to watch when you don't want that character to be doing that. Yeah. And it's, but I thought it was really, you know, a good like a portrayal of how he was mm-hmm. feeling. I really, I understood and I, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. So um, John Dory, they get the, the van is, or the, his, Cars to put. So they go <laughs> back behind the cabin. Uh, I wonder if people can hear me rubbing my face in frustration. Mm. Because behind the cabin is a truck that John Dory and his father were going to restore together when John Dory was a child. And Morgan thinks if they can find some parts, he can get it running again. And I just... 
It's not impossible. I've seen the YouTubes about it, but they always end up having to do so much, replace the spark plugs, all the electrical system. They have to, they have to re- refurbish the points and do all of this stuff. Also, get the fuel out of the tank and completely clean those lines. Make sure the brakes work. Also, make sure there's fluid in the transmission or even if it goes into gear. There's complications. Right. And they were like, "Yeah, we just need a new distributor after looking at it for two seconds. That drove me a little crazy. Well, me too. And also, like, if that's all that was wrong with it, like, what were him and his dad going to do? Like, when we poked it, we poked it with a stick, we bought a new distributor cap for it, and now it's fine. So when my grandfather, right before my grandfather died, I needed a car. And so I actually got my grandparents' car. You, Justin, you remember my white car? Yeah. So I went up to Iowa and, and we got it out of storage. It was in storage. Okay. It was, so I got a, my mercury. Yeah. It was in a climate controlled storage facility shielded from the elements. It had sat there for four years in that four in, during those four years, enough had happened to that car, not moving not exposed to the elements that basically if there was a rubber seal on it, yep. it had to be replaced. It needed all four, all four tires had to be replaced. They had not been driven on for four years, but I mean, and it's just, there was a couple thousand bucks that got dropped into that car just so it could drive out of that storage facility, essentially. Yeah. Yep. So there's no way in hell they were getting this, truck up and going that had been sitting there outside for a couple decades right they, could have done, they really could have done it in a couple of days but well, not in an hour and a half not in an hour and a half they it was a possible. full shop they could have done it in a couple of days <laughs> well i mean those old pickups like that they'll they'll roll for 20 or 30 miles you know like as is you know and they only needed to go 40 so so <laughs> So they uh, they get the truck running and they go out to the bridge because they're going to do something with the bridge. I'm not really understand. I, I don't understand why he needed to get them to the bridge. It so they can like clear that. the zombies off the bridge so they can get across to wherever they need to go. It's it's. A- but they forget John Dory got a boat and he can go to either side of the bank that he wants. Upstream. Bringing up logic in the Walking Dead universe, Dustin, after all these years, have you not learned? With proper supplies, they could have walked it and been fine. In three days, they could already have been there. Right. It's the only bridge for all the miles. But no. (laughs) What's your name? Dakota has to find part of the bone handle of the murder. Oh, right. We forgot the... Yeah, she finds part of the bone handle for the murder weapon for the when he was trying to play detective and failed. And he, she's like, why do you still have this? And he's like, I couldn't let it go. I had to hold on to it. And that's that leads into a, a section of the show where Morgan just like vomits platitudes at John Dory for about 20 minutes. <laughs> it felt like it felt like 20 just just will not like you know you can be the man you can be the man you want to be 
I can't be that bad anymore. I'm broken in my brain. Oh, you can do it, John Dory. I love you. I love you too, Morgan, but uh, you're safer without me because I can't make this <laughs> for 20 minutes yeah and you're so good though you don't want to die right you're so good so you're so go, good they you. go try to clear the bridge and it fails but fails upwardly because they do it then morgan's like i have to go over here for a reason and yeah he's gonna go use the use the handheld radio to right. try to get a location on what's her butt. Right. Because, because what Morgan has also done is he's called Virginia and said, yeah, we're going to meet you at the John Dory's cabin. And John Dory's going, uh, what? <laughs> we're going to what now? <laughs> and yeah, Morgan like, thinks he's being all cute. He's like, now you have no choice. Now you've you got to come with us. You can't go kill yourself. You can't go. And John Dory's going, Morgan, you're a dick. He's got Morgan, you're a dick. Mm. So. Well, the Morgan has to go. Yeah. So he goes. That leaves the two of them to try to find a part for the vehicle that fell off, which is why it fell up, failed upwardly in the first place. Right. Very, very convenient little plot point that they made pay off there when the right. when the vehicle stalls and they're like shit and then they then there's a whole adventure of fixing it and then it comes back again when dakota finds the part right underneath the head of a walker who's not dead mm-hmm. who then attacks her mm-hmm. and john dory comes to save her but by then she's already stabbed the walker with a bow knife that's missing a piece of the handle. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, yeah, and that makes, and that makes uh, the, the good guy go, I have questions. Right. John Dory goes, was it you watching Jerry? And she said, I did it because I hate to because he doubt about my secret. And and John Dory's like, you you go crazy. You're a little girl and you go crazy. Nobody knows how old you really are. And she Jesus. Says, and then she says, I'm gonna kill you, John Dory. Yep. You can't no one can know my secret. So she's gonna so she's got the gun leveled and, and John's like begging for his life. He's really selling it. Yeah. Really selling it. And for a second. You think, okay, she's gonna. This is gonna be okay, but then she shoots him right in the chest, mm-hmm. and he and he starts to like wheeze back against the fence that's covering the bridge, and all the whole like the whole episode they talk about your death mattering, like having a death that matters or whatever. Then little Dakota goes, "I'm sorry, John." But it looks like it doesn't matter. And then she pushes him off the bridge into the water. <laughs> and I remember when Dakota first appeared on this show, and we were all like, "That there's something going to be wrong with that girl. <laughs> yeah. The apple didn't fall very far from her sister's metaphorical apple. Right. Because she just is a killer, and she's crazy, and she 
wants to get away from her from her sister and why we still don't know like you know and she's just she's just a spoiled little asshole who thinks she can kill people to get what she wants right that's the world that's what she says when morgan shows up he's like what happened and she goes well so funny story morgan <laughs> about how you survived the clearly morgan's about to die bit yeah that was me and he's like bullshit and she goes no really and she maps it all out for him (laughs) why did you do it well you know i came along because i wanted to see it all go down hello little sociopath yeah oh yeah she's fucked up she's a bad lady and her sister knows this which is probably the main reason she wants to get her back so she just right. doesn't go willy-nilly killing people and that's and honestly that's probably why virginia had been keep, trying to keep her locked up in towns and you know now, there is no reason for uh morgan to not give her up now mm, yeah so the problem is is that she's still a bargaining chip for him and she still has value as a a hostage that Virginia Virginia already thinks she's kind of like a hostage. She's already it's already treating it like a hostage mentality. You know, don't hurt my friends, and I'll give you your sister back. Yeah. Um, and of course, Virginia has now graduated to the I have all your friends, and if you don't yeah. give me, um, you know, there'll, there'll be some dying over here if I don't get what I want. But that doesn't stop her from bringing June with her to to John Dory's cabin for no reason other than to have June there. And I'm really glad that they that they handed the writer June into this scene because oh Tim and Curtis. Oh just I just loved it. So anyway, John Dory floats down to the bottom of the, the river, uh, where he finds a picture of his him and his father that Morgan had given him earlier. And that to, gives him the will to live. So he swims back up to the top, climbs up on one of the doors. Uh, there's a whole thing with doors throughout this episode. It's the name of the episode is The Door. So Right. It's important, but it's only important in that walking dead way where they just like, you know, ham-fisted a metaphor into it. Yeah. It's all about finding the door and having the door and they use doors for a bunch of different bullshit. It's all, it's none of it's worth mentioning. Uh, (laughs) So he climbs up on the door and starts floating down the river and Morgan calls Virginia and he's like, your guys need to find, you guys need to find uh, John Dory because he's floating down the river. And uh, so they go. Well, he didn't find out about that until he comes upon uh, Virginia's sister aiming a gun at a man floating down the river. Right. And he's like, what the fuck's up? And so she, yeah. And then she lays all that stuff out about how, you know, and by the way, yeah, she's going to, she's going to double tap him from like 300 yards with a pistol. Wasn't going to work out for her. And, and just so you're, you are not, we haven't been entirely clear about this just because we said she's a sociopath doesn't mean she's not flat out evil because she is just a little i mean she is this whole speech she gives to morgan she is a manipulative just i mean she's a villain yeah this is not this is not a this is not a broken teenage girl this is a straight up murderous monster right and if you were to compare it to how charlie was 
when we encountered her for the first time and she ended up killing Nick, mm-hmm. but she was, she was much more like manipulated into a situation she didn't understand or couldn't, couldn't control. Meanwhile, Dakota is like puppet mastering all this shit semi badly, but still doing it. Oh yeah. That, she's- you know, She's had some she's had some obstacles, but she's still managed to get herself into a position where people think she's a nice kid. She's more dangerous than her sister. Her sister's got more firepower. But in terms of straight up manipulative little bastard, Dakota wins. Right. So everybody's out looking for John Dory and <laughs> June. <laughs> Jude and Virginia are at his cabin and they have like a little spat about looking for John Dory. Where is he? And all this stuff. And it's kind of funny. That part was funny when June like ripped the the walkie talkie out of Virginia's hand. Hand. Because the other hand got bitten off by a wall. Yeah, the other hand is not there. Right. And so, but then June sees the door float up with John Dory on it. And so she grabs her medical package. She runs out to the river to, to save him, but it's too late. And John Dory has died and turned into a walker within like 30 minutes. And there is a very, like the scene where the John Dory walker crawls his way towards June to kill her is shot in such a heartbreaking and like beautiful way because he kind of like reaches out and grazes her hand with his hand and she you know caresses his hand and and you know it's just it's it's really beautiful and sad I really really liked this scene What Uh, I liked on top of that, the emotion there, is that when he starts getting close enough that he could do damage to her, it's not June frozen with love and and there becomes lunch. She pulls out her knife and she stabs him in the head. Right. It's quick and it's merciful and it's incredibly practical. And it's, it's something that you would expect June to do because it's a mercy. Yeah. And, but it's not, it's, you don't get that dumb moment we've seen on the Walking Dead shows before where it's like, oh no, my dear loved one who has turned into the, oh, I've been bitten. Well, yeah, yeah. it's because you were a moron. No, this is, yeah. it, it's, it's killing her, but she does what needs to be done. It's, it was shot really well. And, you know, it's very, very sad to see John Dory go because he was one of my favorite characters. And he always was, you know, a joy to watch. Well, he he's such a good actor. They gave him two different roles in uh, Deadwood back in the day. He played two entirely different characters. And if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know that. You'd well, never... and then he, he played a goofy bohunk on this show called Raising Hope and was so funny and just so, like, charming. Uh, I, you know, just loved that him on that show. 
So, I mean, he's one of those actors who, if you, if you don't see him on something like Deadwood, where he did make a you know, significant name for himself there, he's been on so many other shows, you know, Law and Order, CSI. Uh, he's done a ton of movies. And if, you know, if your only experience with him is from Fear the Walking Dead, then you've got a whole lot of cool stuff to see him in out there in the world. Always good to see a, a Deadwood actor. Garrett Dillahunt. I knew it was Garrett Dillahunt. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, uh, he's gone from the show. But on the same at the same time, you have to have consequences. And one of the things that The Walking Dead The Walking Dead has not been afraid to kill off characters. No. And you have to actually have that. You have to have that sense of of threat against your main characters. They can't have plot armor. And we already have that problem over on The Walking Dead show because we know also, we're getting the Daryl and Carol show. I also like that on, on The Walking Dead in the franchise, we don't get a lot of gratuitous cameos. Robert Patrick was on an episode, but that's just because he's a badass and could play the shit out of that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we don't like have Britney Spears being the damsel of the week or something like that. Right. But we should. I mean, just because that would just, I mean. <laughs> just, I would. Nobody I would, would expect you, that. I nope. would love. I would. I, I, I would, when Fear the Walking Dead first started, we talked about this. I would love it if there was a, a character on one of these shows who is a former teen, you know, teen drama actress. And like uh, uh, Simone, uh, like that little girl from the Cosby show. Yeah, like Raven, Raven Simone. Simone. Like, and they're like, you know, hey, didn't you, didn't you used to be on TV? You know, and she's like, that was a long time ago. Now I split skulls. Didn't you play Blossom's sister? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love for there to be like, you know. Instead, they're pulling from the old Deadwood cast because, uh, God dang, we had Leon Rippey was in it. And, uh, oh, fucking, just, that was a ton of people. Dude who played. Well, uh, you know, Kim Dickens was the star of this show. Okay. Right. She started, she kicked it off. Right. Welcome to Dustin's Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> as As we all know. Uh, Kim Dickens left the show, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, because she was going to do the Deadwood movie. Uh, and that's also where we, Deadwood is where we get a lot of these actors from. Uh, and so there has been so much foreshadowing in articles and people even wrote like are we gonna see kim dickens come back yet and everybody's like i don't know maybe we are maybe we are and if you will have noticed uh kim dickens has mysteriously reappeared on the amc website on the fear the walking dead show side uh page and uh on imdb uh she's now listed as still one of the main cast members even though she hasn't been on the show in like four years and the theory was, and this was not just my theory, this was an actual, like, written about theory, is that the person who saved Morgan 
you know, when he needed to be saved at the beginning of this season was Madison. And that she's hiding in, out in the background for some reason. Well, now that Dakota has smashed that theory, supposedly, uh, I just thought I would bring it up that 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 is a that is a uh, uh, no longer the case, as far as we are aware. Uh, this has been this has been Dustin's conspiracy corner. This doesn't mean she's not coming back because doesn't, they have no. set up too many things. Right, it's bad. It's bad and wrong, and it's turned me into a crazy person. Turned you into a crazy person? Well, I mean, I'm. if we didn't do this show, and I was watching The Fear of the Walking Dead, I probably would have stopped if I didn't think Kim Dickens was coming back. Because, you know, I don't know. I just, why? Why are we still here? Oh yeah, <laughs> self abuse. I uh, can't wait till I can't wait till Morgan gets his buddies back because that's where the magic of this show is for me. With uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who used to be the torture guy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, Daniel. Oh, that's another thing. So they show all they've got all the people from Morgan's party. All his all his guys are now in cells. Including Grace, pregnant Grace, and uh, Rosita, and everybody that Victoria still had, or Virginia still had, is now in cells. In there with them is Daniel Salazar. And I had to stop in that moment and be like, wait a minute, she would not have known he was one of their guys because he came to them separately. And he wasn't even with them for that whole time that. That they well, were... she she has other reasons to have him in there, though. I forget what happened, but there was something that it happened. Did get pretty stabby with some of their her people. Yeah, I think he he, I he aided he was... in an escape or something like that. He killed a whole bunch of them because he's uh, Daniel, and he's you know essentially he's indestructible. Daniel, the magic murderer. Because to me, Daniel Daniel is the oh, no, he was with Norman Reedus of cat. this series. They took his cat. Oh. I forgot about all of that. I forgot about the cat. Skidmark. So, so oh, yeah. he's my Norman Reedus. They cannot get rid of that guy. And they, they can't. To... No, they legitimately can't. He has died four times on the show. And <laughs> come back and twas a flesh wound. Didn't, didn't your head get cut off? No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you sure that was me? Weren't you dismembered in a thresher? No. (laughs) (laughs) Weren't you set on fire and thrown into a ravine that was then exploded? No. Wait, did that stuff happen? (laughs) No, but the thing is, is that you had to ask because that's how many (laughs) times Daniel has died. And the best part about Daniel is that Daniel is in no way a good person. He just happens to be a good dad. No, I don't know. I think that he's very Liam Neeson. He's a good person. He just has a a very particular set of skills. And he can (laughs) use those skills to come and get you. You let my daughter go or I'm coming for you. 
Yep. He's like he's like the he's like the 007 where for some reason the villain always leaves before as he's being tied up and executed in an interesting way and he just leaves and hopes it all goes fine. Yeah. No, Daniel is if Daniel was the villain in that sequence, the hero would be dead. Because he right. like <laughs> but, but Daniel's the hero and we all know it. And well, so you know, he just you, gets away because he's wily. You know, that's why they the, they rebooted the show so hard is because because uh, Madison and Daniel and Strand were the main characters of the show. What happened to Strand? Walk, to, oh, he he's he's he is pretending super hard that he that's, is like all in with Virginia. That's uh, right. He got a key. even even unto the point of of like betraying somebody super hard, mm-hmm. but we all know he's going to turn around and betray her for the guys later. Because if Strand isn't later. betraying you, Strand isn't in the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's, a, that's uh, a superpower. I feel like that's why they rebooted this show so hard. Is because the three main characters were such like like I'm just going to kill you kind of people. And and people were legitimately thinking like Fear the Walking Dead is a Whisperer's origin story. People were legitimately saying they're gonna turn it's gonna turn out that that Madison and all these people are the whisperers and you know and they're that's how it's gonna it's gonna be. And I don't think that the people who made this show necessarily liked that. They're like, oh no, do you think maybe we should make our characters likable? Well, but the thing is, is that the characters were likable, and yet they were all monsters in their own right. Yeah. And it was basically, it was like a, sh- a show full of shames from, if, if, every, if every character was, you know, that little bit self-absorbed, super survival, because that's who they are. They've all, they're all committed to survival at any cost. And that made the characters interesting to some degree. It also made them yeah. incredibly frustrating because there were times you just wanted to grab Madison and shake her like a bobblehead and go, for the love of God, try not to burn down the next community you come to. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yes, but for all, for every time there was that, there was, oh shit, Madison just straight up murdered a guy with a hammer. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know? She was always engaging, but, you know, the Fear of the Walking Dead was, and then the locusts came to town and left it bare. Right. Well, anyway, that's where the episode ends, with June sitting in the, uh, on the riverbank with John Dory's corpse, looking like she has made lots of mistakes. Well, because you know we're going to have the scene where, where June is like, I should have gone with him. He asked me to go with him, and I couldn't go. Probably. And then Morgan's going to be like, but if you didn't go, then he wouldn't have been, and then we wouldn't have known what we would have known when we know it. Oh, I'm pretty sure that when Morgan Morgan's next scene is going to be uh, telling everybody back at the little settlement, um, so Dakota's a psycho. Well, I don't know. Ain't no way he's going to let her live with them. 
Well, because I don't know what they're like. He's still supposed to go meet June and Victoria, Virginia. Oh, he was that cabin. He was never going to do that. Now he's going to. Now he definitely. I think. Please let me here. Take your take your crazy (laughs) sister. Oh no, thank you. Um, she was all like, "You're going to take me, and you're going to let me, and you're going to blah 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 blah." And it's like. No, I wonder. I think maybe if I take her to you, you know, she'll just take her and then we can call the square. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going. My prediction is that Morgan is going to straight up shoot her. I think this is this is going to be one of those moments where we get that dichotomy of Morgan where he doesn't want to be a killer, but well, this is, I, I think he's going to, I, yeah, I don't think she's He's not gay. There's no way. There's no way because he owes her his life. And he's one of those guys that where that matters. Um, I, uh, Except this is a crazy child. Who just murdered John Dory. I well, think she's he, definitely got it coming, but we'll see if uh I think we'll see if Morgan say. has the the brass hangers to do it. Which is why I think it's gonna be him. Because I think he's not he's not gonna let anybody else do it because he wouldn't want to put that on, you know. It's the same reason you get you get uh Carol taking the little girls out into the woods and look at know, the flowers. Look at the flowers because yeah. somebody it's she's not gonna ask anybody else to do the horrible thing. That's my mm-hmm. prediction. I'm probably wrong, but that's what I think is going to happen. Well, we'll see what next week holds. That's right. Hopefully my attention. That would be nice. All right, folks. We hope that you've uh, we've held your attention as we've rambled back and forth across two different episodes of two different Walking Dead shows. The main walking dead show will return for its new season in sometime this fall we've been told probably october and we have a few more episodes of fear the walking dead before this season comes to an end and we will talk about those as they come out you can let us know what you think about the shows you can how did you feel about negan's origin story how did you feel about john dory being uh, becoming one of the walking dead himself you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can let us know. You can leave us a rating and comment on the podcast platform of your choice, which is always useful. And uh, we hope that uh, you'll join us again. Dustin, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Curtis, thank you. Thank you, Tim. And again, folks, we do appreciate you listening. And we hope you'll join us for our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. <laughs>